einer neuen Folge von The Canadian Wants to Know. Ein Podcast für Englischlernende in Deutschland, der kraftvolle Geschichten und anregende Fragen nutzt, damit ihr auf unterhaltsame Weise eure Sprachkenntnisse verbessern, vertiefen und festigen könnt. Hier ist euer Host, The Canadian George Robledo. Welcome to my podcast, Josh. It's really nice to have you here. Thank you for having me. This is great. So there are two reasons why I wanted you on the podcast. Number one, because you're a really great musician and I love your music. I listen to it on Spotify a lot. Thank you. And number two, because you're from my hometown of Edmonton. Yes, I am. Yeah. How are things in Edmonton right now? How cold is it? It's not too cold. You caught me on a good day and um, I think it's plus 10 degrees. No Celsius. way. And it's it's actually warmer than Germany right now. Wow. That is incredible. Yeah, it's sunny and blue sky. And um, the only unfortunate thing is that we did have snow and now it's all melting and it, the roads are all slushy and it makes yeah, your I car very is. gross when you drive. But yeah, it is yeah. nice. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Let us begin, right? We want to talk about your music career and everything that went along with getting started in this business. So how does it start? When did you like think for the first time, oh man, music is cool. I'd like to do this. That's a good question. I, you know, I've, I've been a musician since I was very young. I've always gravitated towards it. I've always loved it and found a lot of enjoyment from it. Um, but I never, I never saw it as anything more than just a hobby. And I think it wasn't until high school where I uh, started my first band as as most people do and um i think that was when i started thinking like this is this might be more than a hobby like this is something that i actually could see myself doing for the rest of my life and then you know you get hit with reality really soon where you wonder if it's a sustainable career and uh, after i graduated high school i went right into um university and and i started a five year degree in psychology and Uh, during that degree, I just, you know, I, I kept doing music. I performed whenever I could get a, a chance. I was writing an album at the time. And yeah, I just, during my degree, I just always kept coming back to music as the thing that I wanted to do. And when you were in university, did you, did you end up finishing your degree? I did, yeah. So I graduated in 2017 Uh, with a degree in clinical psychology. And then immediately after I got hired by the school board um, to work under a uh, school counselor, essentially, as a therapeutic assistant. And then I did that for a for a couple of years. And, and I was still, again, trying to just do music on the side. And what was the moment where you said, okay, no, I'm going fully into music. I'm going to dedicate all of my time and energy towards music. Yeah, that was that was very tough. I so that job that I took right out of university, it was just exhausting. I was working with really high needs kids and I was, you know, I was working in a very rough school uh, that had major fights every single day. So I was breaking up fights. I was, you know, trying to help kids who come from really unfortunate um, family situations. And it was just taking a huge toll on me. And I would come home from work and I would have no energy left to work on music. And I would just want to watch TV and then go to bed. And so 
I eventually quit that job. I just found it was way too heavy. It was um, killing my creativity. And that's kind of when I decided that I wanted to try to go full with music. Um, I did also work part-time at the time um, at a restaurant as a waiter, um, just to kind of balance the music income a little bit. And then I did that for about a year. And um, eventually I started getting so busy with music and making enough money with music that I didn't have to have that part-time job anymore. And so now, I guess since since early 2020, I've been fully employed um, just doing music and producing for other artists and writing for other artists and, um, of, of course, doing my own project and performing. And there's just a lot of different things I'm I'm doing right now. What are possible revenue streams for a musician? And I know it's kind of like an... A stupid question, but no, not at all. If if I want to become a musician, what are options available to me to make money? Honestly, there's so many options, and and that that's the funny thing about uh, pursuing a, a career in music is is everybody seems to think that the only way you can do it is if you, you know, get famous and you get millions and millions of streams and and sell CDs and everything, but what I discovered really early on is that the more you do yourself, the less money it costs you to do music, but also the more opportunities it opens for you to do music for other people. And so for me, like I make, I would say 70% of my income from producing other musicians. So they pay me to create music for their songs. And I've thankfully been able to be really successful with that. Um, over the pandemic, when all the other studios closed, I um, I was still just working remotely with artists, and I was still able to um, keep that going, which really helped me. And now I'm I'm basically doing that full time. Um, I used to teach music a lot, so I I've been playing guitar and piano for a very long time, and um, for a while there, I was I was doing music lessons. And I get a lot of uh, residual income from streaming, um, royalties. Uh, I've had a, a couple songs in Netflix shows. And so those um, add to my income every month. And I've written songs for other artists who are a bit more successful than me. And they get more streams than I do. So I get a cut of their percentages when they get their you know, monthly income. And... Um, yeah, I think like being an artist who like originally when I was when I was a bit younger, I couldn't afford to work with producers. I couldn't afford to go to a studio. And so what I did instead was I just bought myself like really cheap microphones and a laptop and I tried learning how to do music production for myself and I only did it for myself. And that skill has just grown to the point where now I'm producing 90% of my own music. And it is, it's also allowed me to um, start this business of producing other artists now. So it's just really like starting when you're young and you have the time to learn and then just continuing with that. Did you have any mentors along the way to kind of guide you? Hey, try this. This can give some potential income. Or did you just kind of figure it all out on your own as you went? Um, I, that's a good question. I, I, I went to a lot of music conferences and basically they would just be, 
large gatherings of musicians where you go and network with people and um, they would have guest speakers come who work at record labels and or who are full-time musicians or full-time producers and they would give different lectures and um, I just learned a lot from them and I learned a lot from how you know there this whole stigma of musicians being broke it's not necessarily true and there's I know a lot of musicians who make a lot of money um, and they're not famous and and they have no intention of ever being famous but they make you know a very very comfortable living just doing music and I just found that really inspiring because whether or not I quote unquote become famous I think I'm at a place now where I can keep doing what I'm doing and um, have a sustainable career. And I know you're based in Canada. Um, do you think there are additional challenges with being a musician in Canada? Because we have a small population and also the distances are really great. Do you think that adds to some of the difficulties of making it professionally as a musician? Or are there ways that you find to mitigate those obstacles? Yeah, I mean, Canada is definitely, especially Western Canada, it's it's a hard market simply because of the, like you said, the distance between cities. Um, you could be driving from, you know, can, I mean, where I live in Edmonton, it's three hours to the next major city. And then from there, um, you know, you drive through the mountains and, and you're at least another six hours to the next major city. It's so you, you spend most of your time driving when you're trying to tour in Western Canada. Um, something that I would recommend if you're trying to tour in Canada is just go straight to the eastern part of Canada, like Ontario. Um, you can hit so many major cities within a much shorter distance um, than you can in the Western part. And um, I, I mean, you know, there's pros and cons of, of any market. Um, the nice thing about Edmonton is there's not a whole lot of competition here. So it's easier to get um, better gigs. It's easier to get more opportunities here if you're good um, because there's less people competing for those opportunities. Uh, whereas if you were living in Los Angeles, for example, everybody, your neighbor, the person across the street, like everybody's a, probably a better musician than you. And so it makes it really hard to um, get any opportunities when everybody around you is a musician and everybody around you is a great musician. And so that is a nice thing about Canada. And then the other thing is that we have access to grants here. So those have definitely helped me a lot, especially earlier on in my career when I wasn't making an income from music is the government actually just gives you money to, uh, carry out music, um, goals that you have, whether that's recording an album or a music video or marketing, um, you can get a lot of that paid for if you if you can put together a good pitch. And I don't think any other country really does uh, federally funded grants. And so I think that's a huge benefit. Because um, I've had I've had multiple tours funded by the government where I had to pay $0 to go tour England for a month. And like, um, I've had albums funded and music videos. And so there's just lots of different opportunities here to help musicians who are early on and who can't necessarily afford to do a lot of the things that would be required. Do you find yourself mentoring younger artists now that you've been in the game for this long? 
Yeah, I'm, I do. And I would love to do that more. Um, I think that's something that I, um, you know, as, as I get older, especially, I would love to do more of. And I, I love helping new artists, new artists start on a better footing than I had. And also just helping them to realize that there's a lot more that they can get out of music than just trying to be famous. And because there was definitely a time where I was just trying to be famous, whereas now I'm trying to make a living and I'm enjoying what I'm doing every day. And if I get famous from it, that's awesome. But if not, I'm still fine. And um, yeah, I just, I would love to uh, do more mentoring and, um, you know, pass on a lot of the things that I've learned over the years. Are there any young artists that, uh, that you work with that you would like to shout out so that maybe we can also leave some, um, some links to so that we can also check out? Yeah. Um, so I've been working with an artist uh, by the name of Charlie Arnold, and um, she's kind of an up and coming um, indie pop folk artist. And she's great. She doesn't have any music out just yet. But um, I've been working with her over the past couple years now. And she's got an amazing voice. She writes amazing songs. Um, she already performs live. And um yeah, she's great. And I, and I think just artists like that who have the drive and who have the talent um, are just really great to, to work with because um, even though they're young, they, they work as if, as if they're my age and, and work harder than honestly some of the people that are my peers. So um, yeah, she's great. And I, I see a lot of great things coming from her in the future. What do you think to you? Like, why is it that you make music? Like, why not go and do a nine to five? Like, what what drives you to continue to create music? Um, I think I'll put it this way: I, I I've, I've always struggled with in my life just with like self confidence in general. I've never, you know, I, I was never really great at school. Um, I had to try really hard. Um, you know, I, I actually surprisingly had a really good GPA in university, but the amount that I studied and the like how hard I worked for that was unbelievable. And I still kind of have a little bit of trauma from it, to be honest. Um, but I really had to work to be to be okay at school. And um, you know, my younger brother, he's just so naturally gifted in that area. He's so smart. He's doing his master's now and he gets, you know, he has a 4.0 GPA and, I, you know, it's just so easy for him. Whereas for me, I was always struggling and um, I did sports growing up as well. And um, I was good at sports and I still play sports, but I was never exceptional at it. Like I was never going to be, you know, drafted for uh, professional soccer or anything like that. But um, music was always something that I just had a natural aptitude for and I was better than average at it. And that kind of was what originally pointed me in that direction because I felt like I was never good at anything except music. And that was the one thing that everybody else around me noticed that I was really good at. And Throughout my entire life, that was always the affirmation is you're a really good musician. You make really good music. And still to this day, I feel like that in many ways. I feel like 
that is the one area in my life that I feel like I excel at and that I have full confidence in my abil- in my abilities in. And um, yeah, I think, I hope that answers the question, but I think that was just really the thing that pointed me to it is that I was just really good at it and I really enjoyed it. I really loved doing it. And every time I did it, I just lost track of time because I was enjoying it so much. And um, yeah, that really is just how I figured that out. Do you ever have days where you're like, man, I can't do it anymore? Absolutely. I get I get writer's block and production block all the time, especially now that I'm working for other musicians too. I'm I actually the problem that I find now the most is that I'm producing other people so much that when I go to try and do a song for myself, I have no ideas because I'm using all my creative energy on other people. So that's been something I've I've been trying to find balance in is like balancing the working for other people and their music and balancing stuff for myself. And so um yeah, it's definitely still challenging at times. What is that split like? Are you dedicating like 50% towards other people's music or is it higher? I would say right now it's probably more like 80% t- towards other people just because I just finished recording an album and um I'm going to be putting that out next year. So now I'm I've switched from creative hat to business hat and now I'm just trying to think of ways to promote this album and I'm doing more of that kind of stuff for my project which now allows me to have a bit more um, mental capacity to uh, be creative for other people's work. So you, you will launch, uh, you will release a, an album next year, right? Yes. What is the marketing process like when you're trying to get an album out to the masses? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting now because marketing has changed so much even just in the last year with with the pandemic. It's affected how people can market. Um, You know, historically, what people would do is they would release an album and then they would immediately go on tour and they would go and promote that album and play a bunch of shows. But touring is now obviously a little bit more difficult and you can't really just leave and go travel the world and play concerts because everybody has their own... COVID restrictions. And so touring is not really as accessible anymore. And so now most of the marketing that I do is just online um, through Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, um, all of these different social media channels. That's really the the biggest way to promote music now is, is just trying to reach audiences online. Do you kind of, do you ever get like fatigue from being online so much? all the time. I, if I've always said, I've always said it this way, if I didn't need to have social media for work, I wouldn't have social media at all. Um, I just find it really exhausting. And it just, you know, it makes me feel bad about myself a lot. (laughs) So I just, I just try to stay off it. And it's just a distraction. Like when I could be doing something actually productive, I'm scrolling on Instagram or spending an hour watching videos on TikTok. And then I look at the time and I, I think, wow, I just wasted what was an hour what it, and it felt like 10 minutes. And um, yeah, so if I, didn't, if I didn't need it and if I didn't need to promote my music or if I just had a normal job, I honestly wouldn't have social media. No, I think I have the same feeling because I need it for work as well in order to, yeah. uh, 
And I found like, man, I'm wasting so much time on that. And then I see at the end of the week how many hours I was on my phone each day. I'm like, no way. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's un- way too much time. Way too and, much time. Yeah. And then you think about how much time you spent on it and, and you see that number and you're like, no way. Like, there's no way it was that long. <laughs> I know that because of the pandemic, the touring, it's not as, uh, it's not really possible. But when you look back on the tours that you've done, the places that you have visited, are there any special moments, like like locations or or concerts where you're like, man, this is why I make music? Yeah, I mean, I toured England in 2019. Um, and that was really special for me because my whole family's from England and I spent a lot of time in England as a child. And I have dual citizenship as well. So England's always been home for me in many ways. And it was the first time that I've ever I've ever gone to England for the purpose of music and not just for visiting family. And I got to perform at this venue in London called The Bedford. And uh, any, you know, major Ed Sheeran fans listening uh, would know that The Bedford is where he recorded his first ever Live Off the Floor album. He recorded this album early on in his career called Live at the Bedford. And um, I got to play a show on the exact same stage um, in the same room that Ed Sheeran played in. And he's arguably my biggest inspiration. He's the reason I started writing songs. I've never been more inspired by another artist than I have with Ed Sheeran. And so for me, it was a a major milestone in my career to be able to sing on the same stage that he started his career on. And it was just really symbolic for me and really um, important. And I, yeah, I, I will always remember that show. And I, and it was such a, you know, incredible moment for me as a fan um, of his and, it was just really cool to be given that opportunity to play there. That's nah, really cool. I, I also like Ed Sheeran's music and also his journey as well, his whole story of how he made it. Yeah, It is really inspiring. Definitely. And, and I, I imagine, I don't know if you ever have that feeling yourself, that in the same way that Ed Sheeran has inspired you, that you're also doing the same for others. Do you ever get that feeling? Honestly, no, I don't. Um, I'm. I mean, it would. Sometimes I will get messages on social media from people that uh, that tell me that I inspire them, and you know, that's it's always surprising to me. Um, because it's funny because when I look when I look at my Spotify streaming numbers, for example, like I have, I have a good amount of streams on my songs, and but to me it's it's almost just a number it it doesn't really mean anything like it's it's cool to see those numbers but it's easy to forget that some of those numbers are people who actually actively listen to my music all the time and so when i get a message from somebody saying that um they love my music and they're i inspired them or i helped them through a difficult time or something it always catches me off guard because um you know, you think of someone like Ed Sheeran, he probably gets stuff like that all the time. I mean, I would be the first to tell him that he's changed my life in in many ways. But when it's me, it's just like, it's always surprising because I'm like, me? Like, really? I did that? Like, it's just, 
it's so surreal to to know that I inspire other people and it never ceases to surprise me when I hear that. But I like yeah. that answer. It shows you're you're quite humble. <laughs> right? I, I think no, of course I inspire people. Like like no, I like your answer better. <laughs> I no, I, I would never say that. I mean I I, I just put music out and hope that people like it and if it does anything more than that then that's a huge bonus i i know for myself i write poetry okay and, and i and i write stories but all of these things that i write are for me they're first a reminder to me of what the ideal is and what i'm striving for and secondly, it's for anyone else who cares to listen. Right. I don't know if you have that same type of feeling when you're writing. Yeah, very much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you have to love it, right? You have to love it. And it, it, initially, it needs to be for you. Because if you're, if you're just writing music for other people, then you lose the authenticity of it, right? Yeah, absolutely. So. Right? Because then it's just something you put out because you think it's going to get likes and, and, and streams, exactly. but it's not that meaningful to you. Yeah. Uh, so that's for me, that's my starting point. I'm dealing with something. I'm thinking about it. I put it down on, on a screen, right? Cause I don't write on paper. I type, mm-hmm. uh, and then I put it out into the world. And if someone says, Oh, George, I can relate to that. I'm like, right. cool. That's just an, a bonus. <laughs> but first yeah. it starts as like my own therapy. Yes, me too. <laughs> mm-hmm. What does the future look like for you? Touring, stadiums, Wembley. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that would be really cool. I honestly it's hard to say like with the pandemic it's it's really changed um my priorities in many ways and it's really affected the way that I look at my career and the things that once were very important to me aren't so much anymore. And um, yeah, I mean, honestly, I would love to just be doing what I'm doing right now, but up a few levels, if that makes sense. Like I would love to be producing for and writing for bigger artists. Like I would love to do a song for Justin Bieber or, you know, Sean Mendez or something like that. And, and, be the producer on one of their songs or be one of the songwriters on one of their songs and be doing that more often. And I would love to, you know, be performing on bigger stages in front of bigger audiences and, you know, growing my own fan base, uh, for my, for my music. And, um, yeah, just, I, I just feel like I, I love what I'm doing right now. It's, there's nothing wrong with it. And sometimes I do get caught in a bit of self-loathing and, feel like everybody's doing cooler things than me. But uh, at the end of the day, like I get to wake up every morning whenever I want. I get to work till whenever I want. I get to take breaks whenever I want, go on holiday whenever I want. I don't have another person yelling at me and telling me what to do. Um, I make my own schedule. I, I, and I, And then ultimately I get to make music every day for a living. That's all I do um, when I, from the time I wake up till... I, I end the work day and that is the thing that I've wanted to do since I was, you know, sitting in class in university and um, feeling sorry for myself that I had to do a degree that I wasn't passionate about. And um, I think I would just love to do 
what I'm doing now just elevated a few levels. No, I see that. I think you have to kind of remain a little bit unsatisfied so it pushes you forward. But you also have to remind yourself that look how far I've come and to be grateful for it. So it's kind of like that balance between I'm still pushing for bigger things, but along the way, I also have to remind myself, hey, look, this is is great. Absolutely. Yeah. I wish you all the success in the world for you, for your, for your, for your partner. And I hope to see you in Germany performing on the stage one day. Definitely. I'd love to. Thank you so much. So where can we find you? Where can we listen to your music? Um, anywhere. Um, it is on every single streaming platform that you could possibly think of. YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, Spotify, Apple Music, etc., etc., etc. You just type in my name, um, Josh Sahanta, S-A-H-U-N-T-A, and you will find it. Perfect. I'll leave those links in the show notes. Thank you so much for, for coming, for answering my questions. And uh, like I said, good luck. Thank you. And thanks for having me. That was my interview with Josh. It made me happy to talk with someone from my hometown, and I hope you also enjoyed it. I'm interested to get your answers to the following question. If you were a musician, what type of music would you perform? If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review and share it with your friends. If you want to support the podcast, consider leaving a tip. I published an online course to help Germans correct their most common mistakes in English. You can click on the link in the show notes for more information. That's it for this episode. Also, bis nächstes Mal. Bye.